it's time for the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in. It's the North Idaho PrepCast, breaking down everything districts one and two each and every week on IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey joined by Ryan Skaggs. What's going on, Skaggs? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Just uh, living the dream. Had a couple weeks off, so I'm back at it and back in the saddle. Yeah, so. that's right. We're and we're throwing you right into the fire. A podcast, a, a North Idaho game night broadcast Friday night as well, and uh, it's going to be a, a super busy time. Let's let's dive right into it. Uh, football. Well, I guess we have to talk about the weather, right? Uh, the <laughs> smoke. The smoke was so bad last week, pretty much everywhere except East Idaho, where I live. Yeah. Um, <laughs> games got canceled. Games got wiped out. Honestly, where I live in, in Pocatello, the smoke was pretty bad. Um, I personally wouldn't have chosen to play in it. Uh, I couldn't really talk after broadcasting a cross-country meet Friday and then a Pocatello high football game. I was out in the smoke all day. I, it was not good for me. But anyways, um, football got wiped out for the most part up north. I was really disappointed because in soccer, you've got like Coeur d'Alene Charter and Bonners Ferry and boys and girls, both kind of yep. on these collision courses, and they were supposed to play and that all got wiped out because of the smoke. Yeah, and that's that's unfortunate. I mean, we ran into it was kind of hit and miss last minute on Friday night on who was going to get their games in. Lakeland was obviously lucky playing on Thursday night and defeating West Valley. Um, the air quality wasn't quite so bad until I would say probably close to about ten o'clock Friday nights, really when the smoke settled in um, up north. Um, yep. Sandpoint actually wasn't bad air quality wise. Um, on Friday, it's just that they had their game bailed out again for the second straight year against Colville. But um, yeah, this the air quality this early this week was pretty miserable. We were in the probably 180s to 195, um, close to 200. Today it's 103. Uh, we had rain for probably about three hours this morning. So um, things are looking up here in North Idaho. Hopefully some of the smoke dies down with all the rainfall that we had. But yeah, definitely welcomed up here. Definitely. So yeah, what? Let's dive into this this Sandpoint Callville thing because this is two years in a row now that this has happened where the teams agree during the spring or summer. Hey, yep. yeah, let's let's play. We're both pretty good programs. Second year in a row that Callville has bailed out, and then they picked up uh, they picked up a non district game against North Central from Spokane. Yeah. So I, I, it's one thing if. Cause you know, this, the schedule is fluid with smoke and things. It's one thing if it was like, it's a district game and we have to get it in. Sorry. But this was a non non-conference game for yeah. them. It was a state of Washington game. And that's what didn't make sense to me. And the only way I really looked at it was, uh, Colville was wanting a W. <laughs> I don't know. And I might, I might aggravate some, some Colville fans. If I don't know if they tune into our podcast or not, I, I, I doubt, it. doubt it, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to probably err on the side that Sandpoint would have probably boat raced them. And just the way that, you know, the offense is built up there. Um, I don't think it would have been a very close contest, but, you know, I think they took, they wanted to look for the W and playing North central, who's historically not a very good football program. Um, so, I mean, it was classification wise. It's, it's only one off in the state of Washington, but for Colville playing North central, but, or maybe two, I don't know, but, the way the WIA does their classifications, they recertified every two years. So it's hard keeping track anymore these days. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, 
it's a shame that Sandpoint got left out to dry and two weeks ahead of the game. I mean, like you just can't do that to a team. That's just in my mind, absolutely bogus in Bush. Um, and Sandpoint tried. I mean, they were trying pretty hard to find a game. There was only, I think, one team in the state that wasn't playing. Um, but it's like, you know, nobody's going to want to see a 4A versus 2A matchup where you've got a 4A Sandpoint playing like a 2A Orfino. Yeah, the, the only team uh, that, that was close to them that had a bye was Coeur d'Alene, and they had just played Coeur d'Alene yeah. two weeks ago, so that just wasn't going to work. Um, yeah, if I'm Sandpoint, uh, Colville, they're dead to me. I would never call them again. Oh, anything, would, every, any sport, basketball, yeah. it doesn't matter. They're off the schedule forever. Like yeah. That's a permanent removal. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, bummer for Sandpoint, because now it's like – I, I still think Sandpoint is the best team up north, but but now, you know, when you look at polls and media polls, coaches polls, all that, you know, Sandpoint is 0-2, right? They haven't won yet this year. Now, they, the two losses were to Alta, Utah, good Utah program, and Coeur d'Alene. And that's a tough schedule to start, but because now they haven't had a chance, I mean, we're into week four of the season now, and they're still sitting at 0-2, so it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. And meanwhile, Lakeland, has played all four weeks, including week zero. They're four and zero, and they just keep on winning, which is great for the Hawks. And for you know, in terms of public opinion, I think people have forgotten about Sandpoint a little bit. And in my personal opinion, I still think Sandpoint is the team to beat in that district. Well, you know, Sandpoint. It's the, I really look at their games, and it's come down to drops. Um, obviously, not having some of their home run threats that they've had in the past couple of years definitely hurts them a little bit on the on the back end on the offensive side. Um, defensively, they're solid. I mean, they've still got a great secondary. Um, you know, they've got, you know, Wes Benefield there at middle linebacker, who's great. And they got Owen Wimmer back at linebacker. He's been playing really solid. Levi Ballison's been doing pretty well off the end. But um, it's it's tough. You know, I think they're pass pro. Not having the pass threats on the outside, I think, has hurt them a little bit. I mean, they've got Max Frank and, and Ari Vandenberg still, but – um, they they just need some sort of deep threat off the outside. They've had enough of the running game. They've been okay there. Obviously, I think they miss Garrett Cox a little bit more than they would allude to because um, that definitely took a ton of pressure off of Parker Pettit in the passing game. Um, and P- Parker's been taking some hits. And so, you know, that's really played into things a little bit early on for Sandpoint. I think they're going to rectify the issues. The, the week off didn't hurt them by any means, and they'll actually probably get healthier. Um, by losing that game to Colville or losing the not losing the game, but not having to play that game. Uh, they're getting healthy in this as they set up for the game with Homedale. So, you know, that's going to be an interesting matchup up here too, that you get Homedale who's on the roll. I wouldn't, you know, it's a, it's a cool place to play, you know, late September, mid September, you know, along the lake. That's a, that's a tough place to play on a Friday night. Definitely. And Homedale comes in three and oh, it's, it's hard to gauge though, because two of the three wins have come from teams from other States. They beat Laguna beach, California. And then last week they beat Baker high from Baker city, Oregon. So um, they're they're obviously very good. And um, that was a game that uh, I'm trying to remember. I think Homedale won that last Homedale won last year in that game. That was a close game too. I think it was a one possession game with under two minutes to play. So, you know, it's a, it's going to be a dandy of a ball game on Friday. And I think that, you know, we we briefly mentioned Lakeland, but I look at the end of the season, that matchup between Sandpoint and Lakeland is going to be absolutely – if Lakeland can continue what they're doing now with this consistency on, on running the ball, man, that's going to be a good matchup. Yes, let's let's do it. Let's talk Lakeland because they are 4-0, and and they have – you know, the defense has really stood out to me. Um, they have allowed 
a total of 31 points through four games, which yeah. is, you know, that's pretty impressive. outstanding. That's, that's basically a touchdown a game. They pitched two shutouts, 28 nothing over Preston, 23 nothing over Spokane West Valley last week. Really, the only game that's been tight for them so far was Lake City. And that's a 5A school, and they won that game 30 to 21. First time they had beaten Lake City since 2016. I think no, it, was, it was longer than that. Longer was, than that? Yeah, it was back into the early, I think it was 2004 was the last time that they had won that game. So, wow. If I'm not mistaken, it was in the, it was in the mid 2000 or early 2000s. I know that for sure. But, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, we didn't play them in, in 2016 because I was coaching there. So. Okay, all right. Well, it's you know that was that was a couple of weeks ago, and I can only keep up weeks worth of data yeah. in my head, and then it goes into the recycle bin. So. <laughs> no, and it's uh, it's it's tough. You know, like you look at Lakeland and their schedule. I actually like their schedule this year and the way they built things around that zero week game against Preston in a neutral site. Um, you know, and that and West Valley historically has been a pretty solid offensive team, and you know, so you get to play and pitch a shutout against that. Usually it's a pretty prolific offense. They usually get fairly decent athletes coming through West Valley High School. And, um, you know, you look at earlier, you know, in the season, we were, it was kind of an unknown on what they could do on the offensive side of the ball. Case and Lawson hires has been able to be a game manager, a quarterback. He can still spin it. I mean, he's got a decent enough arm. But that running game, the two-headed monster in the backfield with with Calder and um, – and, uh, Cornish, John Cornish. Cornish. Yeah, yeah, Cornish, man. They're they're solid. They're rocks all. Cornish is an absolutely insane athlete. He's a real slightly kind of small guy, but I mean he's he's like a little pocket dynamite, man. He's you know 150 pounds, but he can he probably outlifts the majority of the team. Yeah, and again, this you know, going back to last year, how the season ended for Lakeland in that first round playoff loss to Skyline, the eventual champs. It was a game they led you know, 70% of the way. And in the first half, John Cornish had, was racking up the yardage. And I always go back to this in the second half. And again, you know, Dick, the game flow dictates it a little bit, but he like, he carried the ball like five or six times in the second half. And I just, yeah. I didn't, I didn't think he touched the ball enough. And, you know, I said the same thing coming off of the first game of the year for Lewiston, where they lost at the Rocky mountain rumble. I said, Jackson Lathan, their running back was the most dynamic player on the field. And I just didn't think he touched the ball enough. And that, that's something that Lewis did now last week, Lathan <laughs> dominated. Yeah. Yeah, they sure did. So, you know, it's, it's weird, but it's like, Hey, if you've got a stud, give him the ball. And that's Feed what him. Lakeland's doing. And it's, it's working out great. Yeah. Pound the rock. And, and Lakeland's been really good at that and been able to get their, their playmakers in space too. I mean, utilizing the short passing game and, you know, putting their guys corner should beat a guy in a phone booth. I mean, he could, he could juke somebody and break his ankles in a phone booth. So, um, you know, I like getting, getting their guys in space. It's going to be an interesting matchup with, with Coeur front seven, that defensive front and their D line and their linebacker core is pretty dang solid. So it'll be interesting to see what we'll have that call too on Friday night, but, um, it'll be interesting to see what Coeur can do with that front seven against Lakeland's running attack. Yeah, for sure. It is our game of the week up there in North Idaho, North Idaho game night on IdahoSports.com. Ryan, you'll be on the call for it. It is Coeur d'Alene at Lakeland. The Vikings come in, um, you know, off of a bye and one and two on the year. But again, those two losses were to Rigby and Rocky Mountain. And a lot of people would tell you those are the two best teams in the state right now in terms of 5A football. Um, and they just kicked came off of a 27 to 15 win over Sandpoint two weeks ago. I, I think this is a quarter lane team that is primed for the win. I, I think we may see Lakeland get their first loss of the season here. It, it's, 
it could definitely be that way. I think the game will be close. I think Lakeland's defense against Coeur offense will, will pose a threat. It's going to get into the waning moments of the game. I think that it'll probably be close through three. I think Coeur probably pulls away in the end of the game um, just with athletes, you know, on both sides of the ball and being able to platoon a little bit more. Um, but, you know, this Lakeland team scrappy. I don't count them out by any means. I think it's going to be a competitive ball game. Yeah, for sure. So that's that's kind of what's going on in District One and and the big game coming up this week. Uh, you know, District Two. Let's let's visit what was going on in District Two this past week. Where, again, I think the biggest story is Kendrick and their continued dominance. They go over to Washington, um, and they they have they haven't had a home game yet, right? They've they've traveled all three yeah. of their their games. They were at the the eight man classic in Middleton, and then they played. Oakley in that neutral site game at Cambridge. And I guess they were home for this game on Friday night, but they, yeah, played, they played Wilbur Creston at home. Yeah. Wilbur Creston Keller. That sounds like a law firm. Um, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> they're, they're typically a pretty solid program too. I mean, they're, they're not, they're no slouches in the eight man game in Washington. I mean, they ran into it. They love, they love Kendrick won 74 to six. I, I texted yeah. uh, coach Zane Hobart, you know, Friday night after the game and, you know, just at, asking for the score. And he said, "Yeah, we won seventy-four to six. They basically <laughs> they called they called the game, you know, in the third quarter." Oh, um, yeah, no. It's, well, uh, I, I mean, because they, I guess Wilbur Crest and Keller had a bunch of injuries piling up, and they were no, just like, man. "They're like, now nah, we're done." Yeah, let's get <laughs> we'll back wave, on the and go home. We'll wave the white flag. So they only got you know two and a half quarters of action in, but man, Kendrick is looking good, and now they've got a very interesting uh, game coming up against Genesee. They're going to travel to Genesee to play the Bulldogs. A Genesee team that I'm kind of surprised, Ryan, they've, they've really struggled here in the yeah. early going. Yeah. And I mean, and it's, there's enough geographical closeness between those two programs too. It's going to be kind of cool. It's the, I like that old kind of Lataw County rivalry they got going on that, you know, Kendrick's willing to play up, which is, which is really cool on their part. Um, and I think it's very smart on their part to prepare for the postseason. Um, Genesee's got their struggles, you know, early on. And and people are looking at Prairie. I'm looking at that White Pine League right now. The team that's not on that list that, that I'm looking at is Kamei. And I think Kamei is the team to watch that they're going to come down the stretch and really start opening eyes later in the season. But they're, they've been playing really tough early on. Definitely. So, yeah, the league standings right now, Kamei and Prairie are both 2-0 and in the league, both 2-1 and overall as well. Clearwater Valley is third. They're one and zero in the league, two and one overall. Troy and Potlatch are then tied at one and one in the league, and and Troy is two and one, and Potlatch is one and one. So uh, Potlatch really opened eyes by dropping ninety points on Genesee in that runaway <laughs> two weeks ago. I mean, I can't even yeah. tell you the last time I saw ninety points in a high school football game. And then they actually played pretty well against Prairie. You know, they only lost fifty six to fifty two. I really yeah. do think the White Pine is going to be wide open this year and it's all going to be on you know on any given night who shows up and makes the most plays big game this week in the white pine league to me at least is lapway traveling to kuski to play clearwater valley the wildcats are sitting at zero and one in the league it was all the way back in the season opener against Kamii in a very tight game right they only lost that game by one score so to me lapway i think could still be a factor in the league race as well but this is going to be uh must watch football week in week out in that white pine league. Yeah, it's anybody's game any week, and I look at it, it's you know it's definitely you know you're not going to have the 
I th- I don't think Prairie wins the league this year, and I and I'm gonna tick off a bunch of Prairie fans <laughs> saying that. But um, I I really I picked Camii early on, and I'm gonna stick with that as my pick for the league championship. But um, I look at the conference, and it's just an absolute dogfight every single week. And you look at Cam or uh, Lapway taking on Clearwater Valley. Lapway obviously was kind of the toast of the conference last year, um, having the Gatorade State Player of the Year. I mean. Losing Sage Lone Bear and I think Mason Brown's not in the lineup either this year. I think that those are two really big missing pieces that people are, I, you know, people are like still big on them, which I, I think they deserve the respect. But those are two bigger, bigger losses than I think people are willing to admit or yeah. give credit for. Yeah, they both went to Clarkston. It was a, mm-hmm. like a combo package type deal. I don't know, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, what did Lapway get back in the trade? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, Lapway got Herschel Williamson from Kamii, actually. It was kind yeah. of weird. Yeah. Anyway, and now he's their main running back. So anyways, um, yeah, White Pine League is going to be a lot of fun to watch week in, week out. Um, let, let's let's shift to volleyball where you had, I mean, the Inland Empire League, you know, on a night in, night out basis. Cor- Here's what I've learned. Coeur d'Alene is going to win. Mm-hmm. Maddie Simmons is going to fill up the stat sheet. And that it's probably going to go five sets, no matter what yeah. happens. Cordelaine's winning three to two. They beat Post Falls well, three to two. Moscow Maddie three was, to two. Yeah, Maddie was out of the lineup, I believe, last night, and they still beat Lewis and Clark High School from Spokane. So I mean, Cordelaine, you know, even not having Maddie out there because I think she was out with shin splints, yeah. um, they still still get a nice win over a four A Washington school. It's a great win for Coeur d'Alene. And so, yeah, they beat Post Falls last week, three to two, went to the fifth set and um, Coeur d'Alene won 15 to 11. And then uh, for Post Falls, they're kind of the preseason favorite in the conference. Then they have to turn around and play Lewiston on Thursday and they fall behind two sets to none to the Bengals. And you're thinking, oh man, this could be a really bad week for Post Falls. They win the next three, um, 25, 23, 25, 18, 15, seven. So they, they win three must win sets in a row to salvage the week. And it's kind of like girls basketball last year, where all four teams are very good and they're just going to beat up on each other. Yep. It's going to go down. I mean, the end of the year, it should be, I mean, I think Coeur d'Alene gets through in pretty good shape. Let's put it that way. Uh, The other three, it's going to be a battle every single week. I look at the districts really having a big, say and and how the state tournament you know who seeds out for the state tournament but um it's anybody's anybody's game i think every week i think lake city could surprise you know and it could be the two quarter lane schools going to state that wouldn't surprise me one bit um you know post falls is obviously really solid too and they've got a, a solid lineup so it'll be really <laughs> you know and then they still have to play some of the 4a schools that like you're kind of like wait a minute we're still here too like i mean we're not bad either so um it's 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 an interesting scheduling, obviously in North Idaho, that you have to play that kind of split schedule. But um, you know, Coeur d'Alene, I, I applaud them for filling some of the holes with the Washington schools and Lakeland. You know, on the four A side, going over to Washington and playing there, and um, you'll see it too from like Post Falls playing some of the Spokane schools as well. So um, a smart job on the scheduling there. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how things shake up going down towards uh, the end of the season. Yeah, definitely. The uh, the Inland Empire League for 5A gets one and a half bids. So whoever takes second gets to play uh, fifth place, essentially, from District 3. And I will tell you right now, I, I like the team up north, just like in basketball last year. Yep. I, like, I like the team up north in that matchup. Um, real quick, I want to backtrack to football. I, I had to get the official confirmation, but uh, we will be broadcasting a second game up north Friday night. It'll be a game night on the Palouse. 
Ooh. And, and it's going to be, it's going to be that, that Clearwater Valley Lapway game we were talking about. So Garrison uh, Hardy and Jason Hansen, our district two guys, they're going to go down to Kuski for that lap. Bring your tournament. fishing poles, leave early. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They're going to be, uh, they're going to be in Kuski Friday night for that Lapway Clearwater Valley game. So two games from North Idaho Friday night to, to wet your appetite there. All right, back to volleyball um, Lakeland. They are once again, you know, looking pretty solid. You know, it wasn't that long ago that they won state and pe I, people kind of forget about it. And, and, you know, of course, Skyview is the premier program now in the 4A ranks, and I think everybody's probably playing for second place, but there's no reason Lakeland couldn't go in there and and do that. They go to to Freeman High in Washington this weekend, and they win the Rip-A-Shot tournament. They went 6-0 and at the tournament, and they beat um, the new high school from Liberty Lake, Washington, yeah. um, Ridgeline, Ridgeline in, yeah. in the championship. Yeah, no, Lakeland, um, I think it was just kind of – you know, you look at, I don't want to say rotation of kids coming through the school because I think they had a great class last year. Um, there were some phenomenal players on that team. But it's kind of that pedigree building within the, the back end of, like, you see success and it breeds success, and usually you'll see more success three or four years down the road. Um, and I think that's kind of what's going on here at Lakeland. I really look at that volleyball program, and they're going to be they're going to be pretty solid this year. I think they'll have a decent showing at state. Um They've got to get through Moscow and Sandpoint, obviously. And Sandpoint's been playing fairly tough as of late, um, taking a few tough losses, but they've been playing really tough in their matches. And then um, Moscow, you know, has, has always been kind of a thorn in the side for everybody up north, 4A and 5A alike. So um, it'll be interesting to see how things kind of shake out. Uh, but Lakeland, I look at the favorite. I think that they could easily be playing um, for a trophy on the, on, on the second day at State. Yeah, Moscow two and six overall, but man, they have been in so many matches that just mm -hmm. you know five set losses, and so yeah, yeah. Mos Moscow will be tricky, but but Lakeland is the favorite up there. Uh, let's let, let's wrap up with cross country. You know, we haven't talked much cross country yet on the prepcast. Uh, the Timberlake I'm getting tired talking about it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I don't I don't run. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I don't mind watching other people run, but uh, me running, no, thank you. Um. So the Timberlake invite was held this past week and um, Anna Peters of Post Falls, not only did she win, she set a new course record and she obliterated it. She won by 27 seconds over the previous best time. She ran a 1738, 17 minutes, 38 seconds. That is now the top time in the state of Idaho for girls cross country as well. And, and, you know, just so you get an idea of, the accomplishment that she put forth the previous course record was held by post fall standout samantha wood and mm -hmm. we, we know what a great runner she is so to go and beat samantha wood's record by 17 seconds i mean way to go anna peters from post falls yeah that's faster than i can eat a sandwich so <laughs> that's that's a pretty good pretty good effort on her part and i mean i don't run much if it's probably the kitchen but um yeah that's a that's a great effort by her and and uh you know they're i know they're looking for big things obviously you know come state time for cross country for the state meet but um there's been some fast time statewide i mean let's just be real there's been some great great efforts been put out so far this fall um and it's i think really turned the tide we always talked about like oregon and washington kind of being the toast of the northwest for cross country and idaho's kind of like saying you know wait a second don't forget about us because we've had some great athletes coming out of the state of idaho the last five six years 
Yeah, and state cross country will be up north this year in Lewiston, so that'll be an advantage for those runners up north because the you know the elevation's a little different. So, well, it's, Lewiston's only seven hundred feet, and let's not forget about that. So, <laughs> sea level. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Lewiston's course. I think if they're going to utilize the the levee system with all of the the access that they have to the river and everything, um, there's some serious hills if they get involved that in the, in the cross country meet too. That could be real interesting if they're running out at Hell's Hell's Gate State Park. That's going to be one heck of a course for a state for a state meet. Yeah, let me see if I can find that real quick. Uh, I just looked and saw it was Lewiston, and then I didn't look any further than that, like where it was going to be at yeah. specifically. But let's it's see at Hell's Gate. That's there's there's some serious elevation changes in that course. Yeah, it just says Lewiston. It doesn't say the actual. Okay. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be in October. Um, so keep an eye out for that as well. All right, Ryan, back in the saddle. We we did it. We kind of ran through. Uh, this is what we're going to do each week. We're not, we're not going to have time to get to every school and every sport. We're going to kind of hit what we thought were the biggest stories overall. And we'll hit every school along the way. But uh, I thought this went well. Yeah. No, I think it went well for getting back in it again and looking forward to Friday night with uh, Coeur d'Alene taking on Lake City or Lakeland. Sorry, not Lake City. Uh, <laughs> should be a good game. And then we've got a couple, like the next like four or five weeks, every week we've got a dandy of a game for uh, for Friday night. So we're going to have some, some awesome games coming up down the stretch. Yes, and you can always check out what we're broadcasting by clicking on the Game Streams tab on the homepage at idahosports.com. All right, thanks for tuning in to the North Idaho PrepCast. For Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on Idaho Sports.